Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by... Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Yes, that is correct. Built Bar has more product in stock. They are a fan favorite. They are a hit amongst all of the hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network. So check out Built Bar. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your order. We are going to dive into this Friday episode of the Locked On Titans podcast with a Titans transaction and not only a Titans transaction but some scoopage about a transaction that took place earlier in the week. So the Titans lost an outside linebacker earlier in the week. I'll give you more information that has come up about that and the Titans added an outside linebacker on Thursday. There are depth issues there, so we will talk about that to start our show, those two different transactions and the reason why it was necessary. And then we will round out this week's worth of shows hearing from the D defensive side of the ball. So to finish off yesterday's episode, I played for you the highlights of the Zoom conferences of four offensive players, and today we are going to hear from four defensive players. We will start hearing from Stud Jeffrey Simmons, and then hear from Adoree Jackson, finish off the show hearing from two linebackers, Kamale Correa, and then Jayon Brown. So glad that I could get you guys all caught up to speed on all of the highlights from these Titans player Zoom conferences from the week, and then just to mention, Friday is the first day that Titans media can be present on the field for a training camp session, so hopefully we get some good information out of that as well and be ready to step into next week worth of shows one step closer to NFL football. So really excited to break everything down with you guys on this Friday episode. Let's get it. currently facing major depth issues at the outside linebacker position for a number of different reasons. Number one, the Titans already had an issue with talent and depth at the outside linebacker position going into training camp. Then, number two, you have big-name free agent signing Vic Beasley missing the first 10 days of training camp with an unexcused absence and then arriving only to fail his physical and still being unable to join his teammates with on-field activities. And number three, you look at someone who the Titans traded for in 2019 who was expected to be a solid depth piece for an outside linebacker group and Reggie Gilbert who was injured during training camp and then waived by the Titans earlier this week. This has left them in a very tough position when looking at the outside linebacker group that currently in terms of players who can actually be out on the field only includes standout Harold Landry, Kamale Correa, Derek Roberson, DeAndre Walker, and undrafted free agent Kalen Curse Thomas. So to fix that depth issue, the Titans went out and signed Wyatt Ray. Wyatt Ray was obviously a free agent 
at the time. Ray was an undrafted free agent out of Boston College in 2019 last year. He was originally picked up and signed as an undrafted free agent by the Browns, but the Browns let him go early in the season, and then he was picked up by the Texans, added to their practice squad, and spent time on the practice squad of not only the Texans, but the Bills and the Jets last season. In an interesting random fact, Wyatt Ray is actually the grandson of late legendary musician Nat King Cole. So that's an interesting fact. But Ray is a six foot three, two hundred and fifty-five pound outside linebacker. He will be asked to come in and compete for a roster spot at a position where the Titans do, as mentioned before, due to the lack of depth and a lack of talent, they do have an opportunity for him to actually make the 53-man roster at the outside linebacker position if he's able to perform and impress during training camp. Now, because of all the limitations due to COVID-19, Ray will have an uphill battle to make the roster. He won't have preseason games to get reps from. He'll have limited reps in training camp as the ramp-up period is taken longer than we have seen in other years. So, Ray is at a little bit of a disadvantage, but it is an opportunity nonetheless, and the Titans have more of an opportunity at outside linebacker than they do most positions on the team, which gives Ray, even at a disadvantage, more of an advantage than some other undrafted free agents or roster bubble guys that the Titans have in the building currently. Also, we got additional information in terms of Reggie Gilbert and him being waived from the Titans. Reggie Gilbert actually passed through waivers. He was not claimed by any other team, and since he was injured, that means that he could go on the Titans' injured reserve list. It seems like, and it's been reported, that the Titans are currently working on negotiating an injury settlement with Reggie Gilbert so that he does not take up one of their injury reserve spots. Before we get into the highlights from the Zoom conferences from some of the Titans' defensive players, I want to give you guys great news. Built Bar is back. Last time, the Locked On Podcast Network and Built Bar worked together. You guys completely cleared out their inventory. And now Built Bar is back and better than ever and even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors still available, and some have nut, and some are non-nut flavors as well, but six brand new flavors. They have the Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, which is one I cannot wait to try out, and Apple Almond Crisp, but of course they still have the 12 original flavors that you guys love so much, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, oh, I miss the salted caramel bar, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and then the legendary peanut butter brownie and remember the bars are covered in 100% chocolate they are soft and easy to chew and they're also excellent for any health conscious guy or girl they can help you lose or maintain weight it feels like you're getting a delicious treat even though they're low calorie they're low sugar high protein high fiber they're great for a keto diet if that's what you're on they're versatile as well take the peanut butter bar it's 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 
five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. Absolutely excellent for before a workout or as a breakfast alternative. But you look at something like the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, only four grams net carbs. Excellent for a dessert substitute or when you need a healthy snack of some kind. Also, right now, you get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. So make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code Locked On, and that promo code has been reset. So if you've used it before, you can use it again. Use promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Get yourself a free cooler with purchase and get $10 off that purchase as well. So once again, promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com and your chance at a free cooler with purchase. Let's dive right into some of the highlights from the Zoom conferences from the Titans defensive players. We did the offense yesterday, so it only makes sense to flip things around to the other side of the ball today. And we are going to get things started with Jeffrey Simmons, who could end up being the Titans' best defensive player if things go well in 2020, set for a healthy and tremendous sophomore season. We are going to hear what Simmons has to say about quite a bit here. He is a little bit more long-winded than I necessarily expected him to be, so he's definitely getting more comfortable in his second season, but audio is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com, and uh, first things first, Simmons just gives us an update on how he's feeling going into his second season. Yeah, for sure. My goal was to, um, you know, especially, you know, um, cut down the fat on my body. Um, I'm not sure exactly where I was at first, but you know, I, I felt like I made a big change with my body and my weight. And, you know, just this offseason, I'm just focused on trying to, you know, I felt like my knee had um, made a lot of progression from, you know, when I first started playing and um, until the end of the season. But then, you know, I, I knew that I needed to do a little more, you know, strengthening it and, um, you know, just maintenance stuff after the season. So, you know, still now, you know, I'm still just trying to stay on top of it, make sure I'm just ready for know to help this team win games so like I said I'm feeling great um, my body feeling great my knee feeling great so and now that Simmons is feeling great and his knee is feeling fine what will that allow him to do now having a healthy start to an NFL season for the first time um first off you know I'm I'm just excited because I get to be able to be on the field with you know just the, the guys, you know, the guys that are around here, you know, we didn't, you know, we're doing a lot of things around the building right now, which is, you know, different, but at the same time, it just being able to be around your teammates and, you know, the excitement from all the guys that we able to play football again, that just the excitement right there. But me personally, you know, I have a lot of goals for myself and my goal, you know, especially first off to help the team, however, the way, however I can to win the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, of course we're going to go game by game, you know, just going to give my all, you know, be a very disruptive guy in the, in the middle of the pocket, you know, affected quarterback and all that. But at the same time, you know, I'm just excited to see how much growth, how much growing that I could, um, you know, accomplish from this point on to the end of the season. So, and uh, especially uh, from last year, you know, I'm excited about this year. And I feel like I got a, um, a lot 
you know, I won't say to prove to no one else, but a lot to prove to myself because I, as I have a lot of um, high standards for myself. And, you know, this past year coming in hurt, it wasn't kind of the way I did it. I wasn't expecting that, but at the same time, you know, everything happens for a reason. But like I said, I'm excited for this year just to be on the field and get back working. So, And when Simmons does get back on the field and, and get to work, what does he think will be some of the biggest differences in his game now that he has a healthy knee and a healthy start to the season? Um, I mean, especially coming off of injury, you know, it's always a setback, especially with changing direction. You know, I feel like my change of direction is way better than what it was last year, you know, especially just being able to bend that left knee that was hurt, actually. But just to be able to bend more and um, change the direction, all that just feel more fluent to me, you know, to just the bounce, the bounce in my knee, you know, everything just feeling great right now. I mean, it's kind of one of the deals, like, you know, especially – if you didn't know you was hurt, you know, um, you're not thinking about it. And that's how it is right now. Like, I'm not even thinking about the knee, you know, especially when I'm on the field. I'm just trying to put in the work, um, put in the work that, you know, no matter what, you know, I'm trying to outwork the next man. So um, we always competing with each other out there on the field right now. So it's just like, you know, I'm trying to win every drill. So I say you, I can't win thinking about my knees. So, and that's how, you know, I'm training right now, you know, this offseason or well doing this camp here right now, you know, just, you know, not even thinking about this knee, just going out there, you know, doing whatever drill it is, just bending knee, you know, in the chain direction stuff. So, I mean, I'm not sure you guys are really familiar with an ACL injury, you know, or a meniscus injury. It's just like, you know, you it's a lot to get back to, you know, some people say, some people not, they serve until, you know, a year or two. But when I went back and watched film, like, now nah, that's not me. You know, I, I know what type of guy I am. I know that I'm going to be able to bend. I know that, you know, especially when I'm getting a block, you know, I know I could put my foot in the ground. You know, it's a lot of stuff that I didn't see on film that I know I could do, um, especially this upcoming year, stuff I've been working on as well. But like I said, that's that's the whole point of it. You know, I had an injury for sure, but at the same time, you know, that's the whole point of, you know, this year here, see how much I could grow from that this past year. So, I mean, that's why I'm so um, excited, you know, especially with the coaches that we have. I know they're going to put me in a great position, you know, to see how much that I could – you know, get better from last year. So I just really appreciate the fact that Jeffrey Simmons is candid about his situation. He's willing to openly tell reporters that, you know, his change of direction wasn't great. He watched the film. His knee wasn't bending right. That he just wasn't right and wasn't himself last year. A lot of players don't want to admit things like that and don't want to. Like we've seen, A.J. Brown doesn't really like to talk about his weaknesses much, but was able to open up a little bit yesterday and talk about that. So really nice to see Jeffrey Simmons be candid with the media and with all of us and letting us know exactly how he feels that he has improved and how he feels better and what that can translate to on the field. And speaking of on the field, there's the obvious connection between Jeffrey Simmons and Jarrell Casey. It's expected that he takes over more of that Jarrell Casey role rushing from the three techniques. So what does Jeffrey Simmons ultimately have to say about how he is expected to kind of fill the responsibility gap left by Jarrell Casey? Um, first off, you know, um, of course, Jarrell was a, you know, loss for us, a big loss for us. You know, he was a great leader on and off the field, you know, especially in the community. And when he came into the building, he was, you know, just first class leader. But at the same time, you know, it's, you know, I don't feel like there's no pressure on me personally, because, you know, I'm a, 
I'm a leader myself. I like to lead. I like to be up front. I like to, you know, take control, especially of kind of, you know, been a leader since, you know, college and high school. You know, it's like everything just transferred for me, you know, just, you know, this how you lead, this how you, you know, build. You know, isn't sometimes you know it's all it's not all about being a leader in the front. And that's just kind of how pick it back with Jarrell. You know, Jarrell always was a leader in the front. You know, me coming in as a rookie, especially being hurt coming in. You know, that was my chance to sit back and then back and, you know, kind of, you know, still have some leader, um, you know, mentality, but at the same time, sit back in the back and see how Jarrell led the team and how he led the defensive line room. But I said, personally, you know, I don't feel like there's no pressure on me, you know, to try to be Jarrell or be anyone else. You know, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to be a, you know, the best Jeffrey Simmons that I could be, you know, um, be the best version or of being disrupted on the front of the line, you know, being a leader on and off the field, you know, in the community and, and so far on. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, match what Jarrell did, but my thing is, you know, I am going to bring the best I can and whatever that may be, like I said, leadership, my play on the field and then off the field. So, I have said this recently, but let me be clear and honest with you guys. I think there is a high likelihood here, and I know it may seem like a hot take, but that Jeffrey Simmons could be a better player than Jarrell Casey ever was. So I, I agree with Simmons. He doesn't need to worry about filling Jarrell Casey's shoes, worry about being the best Jeffrey Simmons possible. And I got to tell you that if he does become the best Jeffrey Simmons possible, I think that player is a better player than Jarrell Casey. So not to trigger anybody, but hey, that's just my feelings and, and the excitement that I have for Jeffrey Simmons and what he can give the Titans defense going forward. Now let's hear from Titans starting quarterback, now let's hear from Titans starting cornerback Adoree Jackson. And one of the big things that's been discussed recently with Adoree is his return to fielding punts and how he could help the Titans again and have another shot at helping them in the return game. So Adoree talks about what he's being asked to do at the moment. Um, that's just something I'm back there doing just in case you never know what the coaches may want me to do or want for, uh, from me. So uh, they throw me back there. I just know everything, the calls, you know, the alignment and stuff that I need to do. I'm going to go out there and be prepared. It's more than just the ability to catch the punt and then return it. Adoree gives us a window into all of their responsibilities. You, There are different plays that are called, different returns, different sides of the field where they want to go. If there's some sort of audible that takes place based on the offensive formation changing during the punt. So all of those things, Adoree has to know it goes past just the actual ability of doing the job of returning punts. So that's why Adoree's getting all that run there. He has to know what to do on more than just the actual action of punt returning and then here Adori talks about how the zoom meetings went and if they actually helped in any way um it's kind of been great uh, i would say i'm um, being able to have that little ota session um straight on zoom calls and to be able to see everything um and get the calls and what we need to know the details the small thing and then coming in um just finishing everything up trying to get uh in tune and clean everything up and you know we just keep going and keep building every day so you know already having to install in you know twice and getting to know it um, helps everybody out and make sure we're all on the same page speaking the same language so uh, i think we're doing a great job with that and when it comes to being on the same page, it's going to be even more important for Adoree if he is asked to work in the slot, which he did do quite a bit last year. I wouldn't say quite a bit, but he had plenty of opportunities as the inside cornerback. And is that something that he would welcome the responsibility of playing the slot? 
Um, you know, just being in a nickel, it's just a lot of space. Um, you know, that goes on for you, you know, your leverage, your alignment, your assignment, your technique, all those other things. So just being aware and being on, on top of, you know, if you play corner, um, you got to know the corner, you play nickel, you got to know the nickel. You just got to know a little bit of everything. So um, that's the only difference if you're going to be in there in the slot, just going out there, understanding everything that's going on in defense and not just your specific role itself. So to actually give you an example of what Adoree Jackson is expressing there, he's talking about you can't just know your responsibility. If you're playing the outside cornerback in a cover three, you know that you just have your third of the field. Don't get beat deep on your third of the field. You have the boundary, the the out-of-bounds line as kind of your helper in the situation, but you can just play your responsibility. When you're playing in the slot, you got to know what everybody around you is doing so you can pass guys off in the zone. So if you get mixed up with a bunch formation and you're in man coverage, you can pass that off and take your responsibility, the correct responsibility. There's just a lot more thought process that goes into playing that nickel spot in the slot than would go into playing a, a boundary cornerback position that a Dory Jackson is used to. So uh, a, a little bit of an interesting answer there at the end from a Dory who didn't really seem like he was necessarily in a talking mood but we are going to come back on the other side of the break and round out today's show hearing from Kamale Correa and then Jayon Brown. Before we get into the highlights from Titans linebacker Kamale Correa I just want to say that it sucks that they gave the number 44 to Vic Beasley. Um, I think that Correa deserves it. And nothing should have been given to Vic Beasley instead of anybody else. Even if, I understand, at the time that Vic Beasley was signed by the Titans, Correa was still a free agent. He, he wasn't even on the team. So Beasley has worn 44 for quite some time. He probably said, hey, I want to be number 44. And they said, sure. You know, not a problem. And then they signed Correa and said, hey, I'm sorry. We already told Beasley he could have the 44 as well. Give it back. Give it back to Correa. That's all I have to say about that in my mini Rollins rant. But let's get into the highlights from Kamale Correa. And he's a very soft-spoken guy. Doesn't say a lot. So didn't really have a lot interesting to say, quite frankly. But he did comment on new pseudo-defensive coordinator Shane Bowen and what his experience has been like with him. Well, uh, he's a great person. Uh, first and foremost, he's a great dude. Uh, he does. Uh, he has a good heart. Um, he's uh, uh, he's passionate about what he does. Um, uh, he builds a good relationship with his players. Uh, he kind of knows his players well. Uh, he knows each each person's strongs and and weak and weaknesses. So he knows how to coach them, and I give him a lot of credit on that uh he's a smart coach and uh and i'm glad he's my coach and then ultimately the best question that was asked of correa throughout the entire call was is is he expecting a bigger role now we've heard that harold landry needs to take fewer snaps the titans don't have much in terms of depth on the edge will beasley even play who knows so is correa expecting a bigger role on defense this year um, I'm not expecting anything uh, because nothing's not handed for you. Uh, you got to go out there and you got to earn it each and every day I practice, each and every week at the game. Um, you know, there's nothing uh, that's just going to be handed to you. But 
Um, I can't speak for other people. Um, I'm not going to speak for Vic, and I'm not going to speak for Reggie. Um, although I miss Reggie, uh, he was a he was actually a good friend of mine. Um, so I was able to call him and I was able to check up on him and uh, just wish him the best going forward. Um, but but I mean, for me, man, I, I'm 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 just here. I'm ready to work and I'm willing to do whatever. Uh, the coaches want me to do whether that's play a lot whether that's play a little I mean it really doesn't matter my job description is to be ready on Sundays and to be ready to play it don't matter where and when I don't know if it's a Hawaii thing it's something they teach at the university or it's just an upbringing type deal but there is no one I've ever heard that talks in more cliches and is more vague and gives you more coach speak than Correa and Marcus, like both of them, they just say nothing. They never say anything. It's the most bland, generic answers I've ever heard in my life from any athlete ever. So um, glad that there's only one of those guys on the team now compared to two because it is a snooze fest sometimes listening to Marcus talk. So I don't know if that's something that that is common or you know, just happens to be those two guys and the way they the way that they operate. But somebody who, in my opinion, is much more of an interesting person and listen is linebacker Jayon Brown. And I didn't really include this answer because it's not football related or anything, but Jayon did talk in his call about a European trip that he took right before COVID kind of shut everything down and um I relate to Jayon on multiple levels, his love of Batman, his desire to travel the world and Europe and see all these ancient cities and historical sites. Uh, I think me and Jayon would get along very well, but let's dive into the highlights from his Zoom conference. And the first thing that Jayon talked about is just his approach to practice this year, knowing that there wasn't OTAs, not a normal training camp, and there won't be a preseason. I feel like uh, me, me personally, uh, I, I approach uh, every practice as if, as if it is a game to because our, our practice, you know, uh, trans over to, to the games of your techniques and and stuff like that. So, yes, uh, for like these younger guys and, and guys like myself, we have to really pay attention to details and, and work our, our techniques and our coverages and everything like that with the guy next to you, because these are also NFL players that we are going against on the other side of the ball. So. It is unfortunate that we do not have a preseason, but, uh, you know, it makes you better as a, as a player just working hard every day and practice against really good uh, teammates. And then Jayon talked about him growing as a linebacker. He was drafted in the fifth round in 2017, was considered an undersized pass coverage linebacker who most likely would never be a three-down linebacker, and now he's one of the most underrated players in the NFL at the linebacker position. So what has contributed to his growth during his career? I would say, the first of all, the... The trust in uh, you know our recruiters here and uh, John Robinson believing in me to to draft me uh, in the fifth round uh, when I can't was coming out and also the uh, the great coachings that that I had uh, throughout this process with uh, starting off with uh, Lou Spano and uh, Coach Malarkey as well and uh, and having uh, Dick LeBeau as a as a DC and then from the next year to having Braves come in. Uh, and uh, having them push me as well. And now uh, 
we got Jim Hazlitt in as well. You know, so so bringing all those uh all that really good coaching in, listening, uh, great great uh, vets, Woodyard uh, and and uh, having having Avery and uh, Darren Bates, guys guys like that to really critique me each and every day I practice when it was watching film to push me to get better and and just having having the confidence each and every game through the through the film study and through the coaching and through the practices of going up against guys like like Derek and, and uh Deion Lewis and what else do we have? We have Fluellen, David Fluellen as well. And we we have a lot of a lot of talent and Delaney Walker, especially yeah, going against guys like Delaney Walker, you know, a pro bowler like that. Each and every day I practice and you know working working my techniques. You know, going against really good guys like that really push. I, I feel like helped push me to be at a, a higher level and keep myself to a higher standard. And and is going to continue. The one thing that I really love about that answer from Jayon is he just credits everybody else. He just gives credit to all his coaches, all of his teammates, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but on the offensive side of the ball as well. And I just love that mentality. He just wants to pass that credit along to the other people that have helped him along the way. Once again, my one of my favorite, in terms of personality, my favorite Titan whatsoever. On the team right now, period. Gotta love Jayon Brown. And the last thing that he talked about is the obvious question. Jayon is going into a contract year, so what is his approach because of that? Uh, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, I know this is my last year on my contract, but I'm just focused on on playing and performing this year and enjoying another opportunity to play with the guys in this locker room and, and this coaching staff and seeing what we – it's a new year. We, you know, we went to the AFC Championship last year and to see what we can do this year. So all my focus is on this season and and right now getting better each and every day in practice and protecting my craft and my techniques and eventually getting ready for Denver game one. I am ready for game one in Denver right about now myself. And something that uh, could happen, just been been rumored, is if the college football season is severely limited like we imagine it will be, or if it's just completely canceled, the NFL could look to move games to Saturday to fill that television slot. And the Titans' Monday night matchup against the Broncos is one that I have heard is rumored to be moved to a Saturday night week one. So I think that would be pretty interesting. And giving me Titans football two days earlier than I thought I would get it is not something that I personally will be upset about. But that is going to do it for today's show and this week of Locked On Titans podcast. I will be back with you guys again next week for Monday through Friday Titans conversation. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of that. Have a safe and enjoyable weekend, Titans fans. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.